0: Good evening, and welcome to episode 11 of my podcast, Get Off My Line. I'm your host, Eric Buckner, and after a short hiatus, I am back and ready to reveal more of my thoughts in regards to the world, our surroundings, and what's going on. It was a long three weeks because in that three-week time, a lot has happened, and I got a lot to discuss. I did make one adjustment to the podcast, so now the podcast will be a weekly podcast, As opposed to the 15 to 20 minutes, we will probably go a whole 30 so I can get in as many thoughts as possible. So there's a lot to talk about, so let's get into it. Uh, Today's topic is basically involving respect. Because the coronavirus has shown to be very powerful There's almost 100,000 people here in the United States alone that have died from the virus now, and there's over a million and a half cases, and basically a three-month span. That's a lot of people, folks. That's a lot of people. And we need to understand that the main problem here is that people are getting sick and people are dying, and we can't forget that that is the main issue, above all the other things that's going on in regards to it. But see, this in and of itself, I feel, is the problem. Still, to the largest degree, the majority of people that are dying from the virus are people 60 and older. They are the elderly, the people who have compromised immune systems just for the simple fact that as you get older, your immune system compromises. It gets weakened as the rest of your body does. So it only makes logical sense that that would be the case. But I want you to seriously think about something for a minute. The majority of our elderly people, they don't get around a lot. They don't go too many places from day to day. There's those rare exceptions of those very vibrant, healthier, older people that go to and fro as if they were still a young 20 or 30. But those are the exception more than the rule. So most of the movement people would be the people I would say to be 35 and younger. The people that still have vibrant and health and still feel like they have a lot of places to go. Now, one of the main things we have learned about the virus over these last few months is that a good amount of people that end up contracting COVID-19 tend to be asymptomatic, which basically simply means that They have no real symptoms of it themselves, but yet they have contracted the virus. And because it is still highly contagious, said to be at least four to five times more contagious than your average flu. And yes, there are still those pundits who feel like this is just the flu. We'll talk about the categories in a minute. But in the end, these are the people who are contracting it most often. People who choose to be asymptomatic. So let me think about something for a minute. Let's just put two and two together, shall we? If most of our elderly people are not moving around, not doing much, the likelihood that they are spreading the virus to the extent that it is, it's kind of highly unlikely if you think about it. Most older people, like I said, keep to themselves. They stay around other older people. Like I said, they just don't move around much at all. So even if they are the main ones dying. They clearly can't be the main ones that's spreading the virus to the extent that it is. So if it's not them, then who is it? Well, obviously, it must be the people younger than them. The people that choose to forego all the uh, social norms that were being established in terms of keeping spread minimal because they feel like nobody my age is getting a virus. So why be bothered with wearing a mask or keeping social distancing or keeping proper uh, sanitation etiquettes and whatnot? It's not affecting me because people my age, for the most part, are not dying and I'll just take my chances. The phrase that I've come to hate in these last couple of weeks that I've heard many utterance, particularly from people of a particular age that's younger than mine, is that if I get it, I get it. I feel not only is that an asinine view because you shouldn't want to get any type of sickness if you can help it. That don't mean you can't that you need to leave your life in a a bubble wrap. I get that. But in the same token, why tempt fate if you don't have to? I understand here as a citizen here in Detroit, I can walk out my door tomorrow and a variety of different things can happen to me to cause me not to come home anymore. That have nothing to do with COVID-19. I can get shot. I can get ran over. I can get struck by lightning. Any of that can happen. I get that. Does that mean I should be scared to leave the house? Of course not. But in the same token, you don't tempt fate. You know these things can hurt and kill you, so you don't seek them out. You don't sit there in the middle of the street like, well, if I get hit, I get hit. Kind of stupid, right? I view that same mentality when it comes to that view of the virus. Now let's talk about the the different because we all, after three months seeing the and these different camps as to how we feel about it. Some of us are very extremely cautious about it, and rightfully should be. Some of us because it's been said that people that have uh, underlying conditions, you know the ones by now. If you're overweight, if you have problems with your lungs. Beyond that, as of asthma or something to that effect. If you are a person who has diabetes, you're a person that has hypertension. All the underlying things that would cause the virus to be more harmful to you than your average person. Some of those people are being very, very cautious, and they should be. And I'm glad that they are, because I don't want anything to happen to them that they could prevent if they could help it. Now, then there's people like myself who are not quite that cautious. Yes, I've gone out to get essential things, and I've gone out to go for a walk in here and there because, like I said, we're on a stay-at-home order, but we're not on lockdown, as some people seem to make it seem like that the government just got us in chains and locked in our house and uh, can't go anywhere. And some countries, they've done it like that, where you literally could not leave the house at all. It has never been that point, even in the states like here in Michigan, that's been on lockdown. No governor has said, don't get out the house, period. They have said, stay home when you can. They have said other things, but none of them have said, you cannot leave the house or else. So for some people to take it to the extreme that every time these things are extended or whatnot, oh, they're taking away our freedoms. That's garbage, man. That's pure, utterated garbage. Nobody's saying that. They, you couldn't enforce that anyway, if you wanted to. So then there's those people, like I said, myself, that get out. But we're being careful. We're wearing our pro- appropriate PPE when we can. We're doing our best to keep everything sanitary. I got plenty of gloves and masks here. And I'm good to go as far as all that's concerned. And I don't have any issue with wearing them to keep other people safe. Then there's the other camps that concern me. Camp that basically says, okay, well, and like I said, I hate the fact that this is dividing us in certain camps, whether it be black or white, or older or young, or uh basically who believes that they're being controlled and the people they call sheep or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, those are those different camps, but in the end, uh we all need to take fact, as I previously stated earlier, that this is causing people to no longer be here. This is causing people to be hospitalized. This is causing people to be sick. Let's not trivialize that or forget that fact. But nonetheless, there are people who feel like this is some form of control, population, us, genocide, and a variety of other crazy conspiracy theories I've heard about it over the last couple months. And because of that, they don't want any parts of it. They're not going to cooperate with anything. They're going to do everything in their power to do the opposite of what everybody else does. For the simple fact, they must prove, apparently to themselves, that uh, they're not going to fall for this. So, like, in the end, when it's revealed that all oh, this was this great hoax or this great... uh. Under Underwhelming thing where it really Wasn't that big a deal that they could be the ones Be like see I told y'all I told y'all that this wasn't all that And to be honest People y'all wrong Y'all wrong And then of course there's those people Who just don't Give a fuck Excuse that particular Word but I can't put it No uh, general way They truly don't give a fuck They don't care if you live, they don't care if they live, they don't care if they die, they don't care if you die. These people are dangerous to society in general, but even more so in this particular instance because with that mentality, they put us in a very bad situation here. To where they are the ones who, if they choose to be that way and they in the end contract the virus they are more likely to spread it to everybody and purposely so those are the people that concern me the most and then of course there's just that lost part of the population who just don't seem to really be involved in anything that's outside of their own personal inner circle so that if anyone in their circle hasn't contracted it it doesn't matter about anything else and all they care about is what goes on and make sure that they have fun and that they get to live their life fully and freely and that's that and like I said I, I've always been a proponent for live your best life to the fullest the best way you can but I also am a proponent of being mindful of your fellow man and to care about what goes on and. the The world around you, because the world ain't just about you. It's just not about you, sir. It's just not about you, boo boo. We are all in this world together. And another thing that I'm realizing is that most Americans, when it comes to this, they kind of have a selfish American view about it. They forget that we are not the only country going through this right now. This is a problem around the whole entire world. And just because it's getting warmer here in America does not mean that the virus is going to suddenly stop. As some people have previously stated and incorrectly. So two of the worst places for the virus right now in the world is Mexico and Brazil, where it has been hot for the majority of this time. And now it's becoming winter, keeping in mind that Brazil and Mexico don't have the type of winters that we have here in the United States. So if it's that bad now and they're quote unquote fall, a match of highs could get here. Particularly if we just get to a point to after a certain amount of weeks, uh, we're not counting as many people dying and whatnot. We just get to a point where even though there's no vaccine, no cure, no anything, we suddenly don't care anymore. And then we look up and like, oh, dang, it's how many people? Because the worst possible thing. That most of you could ever have to contend with is if they have to completely shut everything down again. Most of you will not deal with that well. I say that because I'm looking at how you're dealing with it now. Keep in mind, we were not born to live forever, but we were not born to live for three or six months either. So if we miss three or six months of 2020 just to get this thing back into control. And get some semblance of life in order. That's not the end of the world, people. But for some of you, it is, which will lead to my next subject, which I will discuss in a few. Please stand by for the next segment. Okay, so on to our next topic here on Get Off My Line, which is the economic impact of what has happened. So here's the thing. Most, if not all states, by the time of this particular broadcast will have started back on some semblance of going back to normal, which basically means that on top of the people that have already been working throughout this pandemic, and shouts out to you, thank you for all you have done to keep everything going during this time and risking your life to make sure that we can keep going. For those of you who have lost your life in the That I feel the most sympathy and condolence for all your family members And for those of you who have been fighting this fight throughout it all Thank you very much Whatever they can do for you Is more than enough And even more so than you should get For all you did Which leads to Some of the things that are being implemented For example Let us talk about the big topic around here in Detroit It seems like the fact that people are getting unemployment now, unemployment payments for here in Michigan come out to about $962. I unfortunately am one of the 2 million plus people who have been unemployed at some point in this pandemic here in Michigan. And it took me quite some time, but I finally did start receiving my unemployment benefits. I am thankful because Because of that, I can maintain my household at this point, but understand that I was doing pretty good these last few months before all this happened, and things were starting to look up and get better, but unfortunately, because of what's happened, my job no longer is open, so that when things finally do get back to a true sense of somewhat normal, I will have to find a job in something else or somewhere else, at least, because the persons or persons that uh, my job associates with no longer exist. Basically, the company has uh, shut down and several other people will be faced with that reality as well, because the simple fact is, if your company is already struggling and then something this catastrophic happens, to the financial situation you're more likely are not going to recuperate and recover from that so you got to do what you got to do now that being said there are seems to be a minority population that's getting unemployment and they basically are being viewed as people that do not need it keep in mind in the bill that was passed through Congress Those people who are still working but not working the hours that they were able to get are getting underemployment. But keep it in mind that it's based upon what an average salary would be. Some people are still getting the full amount, even though they are still working also. So they're in essence getting some type of booster bonus money that they normally would not get. Now, keep in mind, I would not even think to dictate what anybody is using their unemployment funds for i would like to think that you would use the majority for what you should use it for your household and getting your bills in order and what have you but keep in mind if you've been home for three months and you choose to splurge and get you something to help you through it some toys tv whatever the case may be sure i don't have a problem with that at all because in life you're not going to take every paycheck and spend it on exactly what you should spend it on i don't know too many people that do that consistently every single time you're gonna splurge and go out and buy other things so that should be an issue but i think people's biggest issue are people who are receiving these unemployment benefits that are not even working at all weren't working before this all started probably don't plan on working afterwards and now suddenly they're getting this quote-unquote windfall of money. Now, let's think about this for a minute. According to a few statistics, and keep in mind, I usually get most of my statistics doing Google searches or what have you, uh, the average American salary is about 56000 and some change. Here in Michigan, as I said, $962 is the maximum amount you can get for unemployment every week. That is supposed to last at this point until July 31st. So let's just say you got that for the four months. You made out to somewhere in a tune of about $15,000. Okay. So you made $15,000. The average salary again in America is $56,000 and some change. So even if you got that $962 for the whole year, you're still not going to make the equivalent of that. And keep in mind, that's Amount is only if you choose to get it without any taxes taken out taxes taken out. You're looking at more along the lines of seven or eight hundred dollars. So that makes it even less. Like I said, the average salary. In other words, I would assume that would mean the take home amount is fifty six thousand that the average American gets. And keep in mind, that's really a skewed statistic if you think about it. Because that adds all salaries together. So keep in mind, many of us work in service industry, jobs and things of that nature. We don't make quite that much. Most of that comes from the CEOs and the the lawyers and the the bigwigs of the world. When you add their salaries into the mix, that's where you come up with 56,000. Here in Detroit, I would safely assume the average salary is probably closer to 30000 as is a great part of the population here is said to be living close to the property line, which is closer to that amount. So, in the end, this windfall that seems to be happening is not really so much that. I feel people just have issue with the fact that certain people are spending their money in what they see as a foolish way as opposed to Spending it for essentials and what you think they should spend it for. Like I said, you should not dictate to people how they spend their money. Although I will say that if you are getting the unemployment benefits and you don't need them, at least be smart enough to put some of it up because we really don't know how long this thing is going to last long term. Some people will have you think that it's already on the verge of being over and America is back. As the leader would say. The leader kissed my ass to be honest. Because he is not looking at this. The right way. I feel his agenda. Is based upon the economics of this situation. And the fact that this is again. A political year. And he is trying to regain. The presidency. That we will definitely get into. In one of the future podcasts About that whole scenario. But Anyway. They are now in Congress in the process of passing another stimulus package, one that will involve some type of payment for Americans similar to the $1,200 we were supposed to receive. And keep in mind, there's still a good part of the population that has not received that $1,200 for whatever reason. However they chose to hand that out has not been a good system. It was not set up well, clearly. Because by now, I would say 90 to 95 percent of all Americans that were eligible should have gotten those payments. I would say it's probably closer to 60 or 65. And again, people talk about, well, everybody came up on that twelve hundred dollar windfall. Is that really a windfall? According again to statistics I looked up, the average rent here in Michigan is a little bit over a thousand dollars. So, if you're not working and you got that $1,200 and you just simply paid your win, uh, that's not much money left over, is it? And that's not counting the variety of other bills people may have. You know, light bill, phone bill, gas bill, cable bill, yada, yada, yada. Not to mention anybody who has children, which is his own great expense in and of itself. And yes, they got 500 per child, but how far did that really go, really? When your kids need constant clothes and shoes and you need to keep them entertained and educated along the way. That really doesn't figure out to as much money as people would make it out to be. Now, like I said, there's several things in this what they call Heroes Act bill that passed through the House of Representatives that would be very helpful to people, particularly people of color. Because we do represent the greater part of not only the people who are dying for the virus in most of the major metropolitan cities, but also a good part of the population that falls under that fifty six thousand dollar average salary. so if you did forgive some of our student loans, however amount of that is, or if you did. Do things to help pay rent and mortgages, as this bill points out. If you did offer hero pay to essential workers and uh frontline employees, many of which at times are people of color, particularly the people that work in the uh food industries. If you do uh offer extended unemployment to the end of the year, and keep in mind. I feel like that's one of the most important parts of that bill, because remember, some of these industries are not coming back full strength when they do get back at all. Some of these industries are not coming back anytime soon, because how wise is it for anybody to be in a large gathering right now with this virus still very much alive and well? The reason why we're at 97,000 is because the major metropolitan areas make up a large number of that number, particularly the New Yorks, Detroit, Chicago's, Atlanta's, and so on of the world, where there's this large concentration of people, and basically the virus is passing back and forth, and back and forth, at a constant rate, when there's many people around one another. So for us to go back to that, would be extremely foolish. Another thing that bothers me, obviously is the fact that, Every single state has its own different set of safeguards and do this and don't do this and don't do that. It's causing too much problem and commotion because here in Detroit, I know several people go down to Ohio where there's a lot fewer restrictions right now to do all these little things they feel they need to do. And people I understand that uh, we as a society tend to be vain and care about what we look like and whatnot, but honestly getting your nails and your hair done it's not essential it's not getting uh geared up and whatnot it's not essential what are you doing all that for when in the end you're not allowed to go nowhere else anyway it's kind of pointless to me but some people that is their main issue they can't go to these little fun places they like to go they can't go to the bar and get fucked up and all the other crazy stuff that they like to do outside of their normal existence. They're not worried about, well, I can't get to my job. Some people rightfully so are, but I would say the real people that had the real problem with these stay-at-home orders are those people, the people that are so used to just going out and having a good time, having fun, and they can't do it no more, and it's bothering them, particularly now that it's warm and they don't have nothing better to do outside of that. Perhaps some of those people just had that 962 a week burning a hole in their pocket. And that's why they need to get out. But I said, one thing we have to consider is that this has only been three months, people. Three months. And parts of the world, maybe four or five months. And there's still long-term effects of this, not only financially, but health-wise, societal-wise. They're still trying to determine... Who's to really blame and what type of punishment they should get. We still have all these other underlying things going on because this is a political year. We still are learning things about society that, quite frankly, concerns me greatly. I'm learning that some people, they are very helpful and kind and they are doing great things to help their fellow man in the process of this thing. The army of good that I talked about in previous episodes. But I'm also learning some people, they are hateful and selfish and just the scum of the earth as far as I'm concerned when it comes to some of this stuff. They don't care about nothing and nobody and nothing on earth is going to change that virus or anything else. I am a God-fearing person, so I do honestly believe that this happened for a reason. And God had this happen so We should come to some realizations about things. And I feel some of us are doing that in our own way, shape, or form. But I feel some people are not learning this lesson. And because of that, they're causing greater harm to the people around them and themselves as time goes on with this thing. So, as I said, I'm back now. I'm here to state my opinions. I am looking forward, as I stated, to talking about other issues and topics that concern me right now. The world is still not in the greatest place in terms of that, but we will work around it. We will make a way as society starts to come back online and my life starts to come back online as well. There'll definitely be other things I need to discuss and get off my chest and talk about that's on my lawn and I want it off. You know what I'm saying? So Again, I advise people to do your due diligence and learn and grow and adapt as this thing is learning to grow and adapt. And if you don't feel safe, it's okay you don't feel safe. And if you need to talk to people, there's people out there you can talk to about. You talk to your friends, family. They are making very many uh, resources available in terms of hotlines and doctors and whatnot to call about your mental health. Uh, if you still feel that you can't uh, deal with this in a way to where it's healthy, you should talk to someone. Plain and simple. As far as everybody else, the ones in particular that don't care, my the message for you is uh, get off my line and stay out my face. Because if I did have a virus or do have the virus or get a virus, I don't want it to be because... You just didn't give a fuck about me. Let it be because if it was meant to be and I sat here and whatever, let it be for that reason. Not because you insist on just not giving a fuck. Those people I have no room for in my life now, then, or ever. So anyway, this was the latest episode of Get Off My Lawn. Thank you for the people that have been listening and contributing and uh, giving me the feedback. It's very much appreciated. I want you to continue to be safe and be informed and use your own brain to determine what's best for you to do. Because in the end, whether I agree or not, I will always respect your opinion as I hope you respect mine. So thank you again. God bless. And we'll see you next time.